0: uh yeah i i mean i
1: what hmm. uh, well <laughs> <laughs> um mm-hmm. tell us right
0: into upheaval <laughs> i know
1: right Just like, <laughs> going right in yeah. yeah so would you tell me about a time when you had to fight work advocate for change that you wanted to see and what was that experience like uh, uh Upheaval.
2: (laughs) What
0: is something, Zoe, you cannot go without? Uh, Are you a person that kind of gets involved in that
2: kind of stuff? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll cross that one out.
4: I mean, I I can think. I can
2: think of some things. What would um, you consider to be the biggest change in your life? A moment since which you have never been the same?
1: Oh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What happens when
5: our culture's bookends, olders and youngers, find themselves sitting on the same shelf?
1: And as imperfect as Zoom is, I am very grateful for it because it's allowed me to meet people like you during this
5: time. Both stuck inside their rooms, their houses, their minds, an unexpected... Solidarity.
3: I think that we are all on a on a roller coaster, and sometimes it flattens out, and then it goes up, and then it goes down.
5: So listen in and open up as we bridge the distance between olders and youngers through their stories, secrets, and sounds. This is Homebound, a dialogue for the ages. Episode
6: one upheaval. This past year has been a time of upheaval for many. Upheaval within schools, within communities, families, within ourselves. In this episode, our elder and younger folks share their experiences with one of life's most reliable cycles, upheaval, change, and regeneration.
0: Good afternoon, Tyler. It's nice to see you again. It's nice to see you, too. Yeah. We don't have as
1: many boxes. Just three today. Yeah, just the cool people, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Funny. Well, um... I... In various times in my life, I've advocated for personal change, but in terms of bigger change, I mean, I've always been a a person who is interested in social justice. Uh, mm-hmm. I think when I first went to college in Ann Arbor, I just jumped right into the women's muv- movement the anti-war movement um and I was out there full force um yeah and it you know it it felt good to be among like-minded people um to try to make the world a better place
1: yeah yeah is that what you would say like kind of drew you to participate in those movements
0: uh yeah i i mean i always felt like i had ideas for how things could be or should Mm be you know maybe they weren't always the right ideas but um (laughs) it feels good to be able to voice them and to do something with them rather than to just mm-hmm. let them simmer inside. Um, so to get together with people and then to, um, you know, hopefully see, see the fruits of your labor. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So in today's times, you know, as activism has kind of kicked back up, it, it's been exciting to me um you know to do it again yeah i kind of jumped right into going to the streets and voicing my my opinions and concerns collect you know collectively with other people um mm-hmm. since the pandemic um obviously you have to be much more mindful about being around a bunch of people so yeah so there's other ways you can stay involved, but
1: mm-hmm. But I, just, I, I I still love so to cool. to
0: go to a good protest, to make a sign, to jump out there to shout and to be yes. with be with my peeps.
1: <laughs> yes, to be with your peeps. How how how, how about
0: you Tyler? Have, what would you say yeah. about that? Or, You a person that kind of gets involved in that kind of stuff, or how do you get involved?
1: Yeah, um, actually kind of to speak about, you know, when the last president got elected, the former president was elected, you know, that's kind of when my activism really kicked into a much higher gear than it was in the past. Um, Before that, I had participated in um, like protests and marches. Uh, for LGBTQ rights, because that was something that was like very close to me, um, obviously, <laughs> but then I think as I started to grow and mature as I learned more being in college and as more of the inequities that have always been there you know kind of rise rose to the surface more and became more of a you know wider spread conversation, I started to recognize that you know my activism needed to it needed to stretch beyond just the things that impacted me specifically because I don't care about just me. (laughs) You know, I have ideas about how this world could be and, you know, maybe should be. And maybe like you, some of them are right. Maybe some of them are, you know, wrong. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. those involve, you know, equal treatment and fairness and respect for everybody, you know, regardless of who you are, who you love what what's in your background you know like what religion you you know prescribe to so yeah when when the last president had gotten elected the women's march was one of the first ones that I participated in the women's march in Ann Arbor and just being amongst the people and seeing the diversity in that crowd was really really inspiring and it at the same time, was difficult because I was like, "Wow, it took something this awful to bring all of us together at this time." But that's just me. Yeah, <laughs>
0: absolutely. Yeah, that you know, if nothing else positive came out of electing that person, um, it was to bring people to to bring people out of the woodwork and to mm. you know to get active again.
1: Yeah. I know really.
0: I hopped on a bus and went to Washington for the Women's March. And that was really? phenomenal.
1: Yeah. What was it like being there?
0: Well, it was, um, as far as you could see, there were people in pink pussy hats um, <laughs> all over the place. And, oh, um, I love it. And it was, and people were just, so I just jumped aboard and it was was pretty nice. We rode a bus Mm -hmm. in the night to get there in the morning and that evening we rode the bus (coughs) back, you know, so it wasn't much sleep or, but it was well worth it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, one of those like once in a lifetime, you're not gonna forget this kind of experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, what are the biggest concerns, your biggest concerns before our pandemic, our wonderful pandemic? I think. What?
7: Uh, well. <laughs> um, Tell us. I, I don't know if it's uh, appropriate for this. <laughs>
3: um, oh, okay. We'll cross that one out.
7: <laughs> yeah but what, I mean I can think of, I can think of some things um I I think my biggest concern was just really like I think it was really just like finding myself um before the pandemic it was really just like trying to figure out like who I really was because I think before the pandemic um my sophomore year which was the fall before the pandemic I was really in a transformative phase of trying to figure out who I really was apart from who I was, like, growing up, like, mm-hmm. apart from my parents' ideals, and my, like what my parents expected of me. I was really trying to figure out who I wanted to be apart from them. So I was like, okay, I'll do communications. And I had, like, I had some really good professors and some very, very insightful classes. And I think, honestly, a lot of those classes prepared me for this past summer, actually, with, with all the riots and with, um, Mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter stuff, because I came from a place where I was very, very uneducated about um, other cultures, about other people. I mean, was, where I grew up was was a very small town that was like 99% white. So I knew very little about all the struggles of um, African Americans and like basically everything about the sixties and civil rights and obviously leaving till now with how many issues we still face. And so when the pandemic started like my biggest concerns after the pandemic were not as much me figuring out myself but I guess me figuring out how to operate in society
5: hmm
3: that's good so I like that because um looking back which I do is uh I was always afraid that people would... Um, not accept me mostly because I was black and mostly because I was extremely shy and so I was assuming the worst you know that somebody's going to jump out and say get out of here you because you don't belong here and that has happened but um I guess before the pandemic started I was just trying not to do two things which is fall down Because old people break things and then they die real fast. And um, to be safe, you know, not to get whatever this is. And fortunately, I've lived through uh, the polio. uh, uh, What is it? The kids my age were getting polio a lot when I grew up. They had uh, iron uh, lungs that they had to stay in. I had a friend that literally had to live in an iron lung when I grew up and then they were sometimes very, uh, their limbs would be shorter than the other and I had so much compassion for them and I i mean, I just really wanted to help them get through that because I'm sure that they may have felt unacceptable. There were children with, um, you know, all kinds of things and this had nothing to do with race. <laughs> it was just how the thing happened. And so I'm, I'm meandering along through this to because um, we came through it, we lived through it, the the polio um, pandemic, and we lived through the other uh, wars and the other um, the riot, the race riots. I was in Detroit and Washington during the race riots, and there were so many things that I thought were so scary. I mean being in a car and seeing soldiers right next to the car and and thinking oh i hope they don't shoot me by accident um that always impressed me uh or seeing soldiers outside the window in my bedroom in washington and wondering are they going to kick in the door or just you know thinking about war movies that we used to watch uh i'm going on and on and on but um but mine for myself is not to fall down and to and to be safe, uh, I guess. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Very practical. I
7: guess
3: it's I've always kind of thought about <laughs> yeah. that
4: was a long morning. But uh <laughs> It's it's
0: that's what I like.
4: love to think. <laughs> <laughs> upheaval what is something Zoe you cannot go without love can you elaborate a little bit what's elaborate <laughs> well expand on it give me a little oh, bit more like
6: my family my friends God that's pretty much it. Okay. Just, it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, my goodness. The time flew by.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see that. Bye. <laughs> I- Monica Prince, and um, I actually am the director at the Ipsy Senior Center, Um, but I have lived in Ypsilanti for 35 years 36 years, I think it is. Um, Raised five kids here. Um, My actual degree is in fiber arts. I'm a textile person, Um, but I ended up falling into this position, and absolutely love it. So, should so, we move on to our first question? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, Savannah, I was going to ask you, what would you consider to be the biggest change in your life, a moment since which you have never been the same?
6: Um, I think... I mean, so much has changed, it's hard to kind of pinpoint just one thing, but I think I've realized, um, my biggest change has, like, been realizing how much I need to show up for myself,
5: mm-hmm. I'd say.
6: There was a moment this past summer where I had reconnected with an ex-partner of mine and we were talking and they, like, spoke to me really rudely and I was like, you know what, I realized how much I've been letting people kind of use me throughout my life and I, I want to change that. Um and so since then i've sort of changed
2: how i look at myself and how i treat myself and that's changed a lot of things i think in my life since wow. then yeah yeah um for me actually it's not it's a little bit farther away from then from now um but thing that changed me to be able to deal with all of this that we're going through right now is um about 10 years ago? No, 12 years ago, um, my husband ended up um, getting a diagnosis of melanoma. And for four years, he had three surgeries. He, um, We went through all kinds of stuff, radiation. And then he, um, after... After four years of dealing with this, then they discovered um, that he had stage four melanoma. So it was all through his body, um, and it was it, it was definitely hard. But we changed. I mean, our our relationship changed because we were just thoroughly th- wanted to be with each other and do stuff and have fun, and we didn't, um, you know, it was sort of like times before we'd go, oh, we can't do that, we don't have time, or we don't, we'd go, heck with it. (laughs) Let's just do it. Um, And then then I became, when he was diagnosed with stage four, I became his sole caregiver. And it just taught me so much. Um, It again, brought us closer together. Um, We sat and cried during... (laughs) We were watching a television show, and um, Elton John was singing um, the song he wrote for Diana. I can't remember what it is. Handle in the Wind? Handle in the Wind, yes. And I I looked over at my husband, and he was in a wheelchair, and I noticed that he had tears running down his face, and I just started bawling, and the two, I pulled a chair up to him, and the two of us just sat there crying together. Um, and, but it was also great, because I learned so much about being a caregiver, um, which is something that I work towards here, being, um, working with caregivers. Because uh, there comes to a point where everybody's a caregiver. I mean, even young people are caregivers. Um, and um, I learned how to advocate for him because he couldn't, you know. there He ended up towards the end having a brain tumor also. And uh, so, I mean, he... he did some really funny stuff, like asking me where our baby was, and I'm going, our baby is 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> He's not here anymore. Um. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I, mean, I honestly, that was like a lot more than I knew it would be. That was, that was
4: hard. So that's how it is. Yep. Is that it? <laughs> um, so I chose the last question for space. What well, spaces do you find yourself long, long before th- during this time? Do any of these surprise you? And for me, so I'm homeschooled, and before the pandemic, I was part of a co-op, and there um, it was, I, I would take classes. I was actually teaching a class there, and um, so I wanted to be there uh, just because it's like a sense of calm, and I felt good because I was helping other people, teaching other people things, so that's the space I want for. And what class were you teaching? Yeah. I was teaching a history class. I I should have known that. What kind of history class? Like world history? Um, I was teaching African-American history before slavery. That's that's incredible. Yes, I I should have known that. (laughs) Yes, I should have known. So I started teaching that class because that's not something that's really taught. Well, at least from my experience, that's not something that I really see as taught. So I wanted to teach that younger kids so they would know about what their history was before uh, slaves were brought to America. And yeah, I just felt like that was a need to be taught. And you gotta start, it's, it's easier to teach somebody while they're younger than it is while they're older.
5: Voices in the season of Homebound include Tyler Calhoun, Beth Singer, Janice Robinson, Zoe Lee, Monica Prince, Savannah Johnson, James Wolfert, Gwendolyn Copeland, Stephen Newsom, Matthias Nellums, and Lisa Knott.
4: But I've been working in the community and living in the community for 40 plus years. I've been a volunteer for 20 plus years. My father was a volunteer and I started doing Meals on Wheels with bridging communities with my father, and so I got into volunteering because my aunt was a missionary, my great aunt.
6: When I arrived at Lisa's work to record her conversation with Matthias, the place was buzzing with activity. Boxes were being laid for a new community garden, an inviting amphitheater had been set up beside it. Inside, workers were briskly moving up and down the halls. As I set up the microphone in the little conference space that itself seemed mid-transition, Lisa struggled to find a moment to sit down. Being called this way and that, weaving in and out of offices and shuffling boxes. The pace of it all could easily overwhelm, but Lisa was in her element. She coaxed out of the chaos an air of certainty. Direction. Lisa has seen her community through... 20-plus years of change, chaos is a constant that she and the people she works with spin into strong communities. Upheaval is not destruction. What can we build from the scraps of what was? What can be? What happens when we accept change as an inevitable fact and an open door?
5: The Homebound creative team includes mixer maestro Eric Erock Mini, conceptualizer and creative Jessica Decky Alexander, production savants Catherine Coffee Burns and Tyler Puff Calhoun. Original music by Erock. Homebound Podcast is a project of Limelight, a little company focused on illuminating big ideas on the stage and through sound. This Homebound podcast is generously funded in partnership. With Generations United. Special thanks to Detroit Area Agency on Aging, Errol Pompey, Taylor Jones, Sherry Steinig, the Ipsilani Senior Center, and Ryan Coffee Burns. To learn more about Homebound, go to LimelightLive.org/Homebound.